Are you working with an inexperienced kitchen designer who's filling your kitchen with teeny dysfunctional 24-inch cabinets? You better call Paul. Hi, Debbie. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you, Paul. Welcome to Better Call Paul. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at your plans. Is there anything you sort of want to go over? I mean, I read your email too. Uh, anything that you want to sort of tell me before we, or do you want me just to sort of start talking about it, maybe in critiquing it a little bit? I mean, you can start at the, you know, my main concern is whether you think the refrigerator location is acceptable. Well, it's a little bit problematic. I'm just looking at the pictures that you sent. What you've got, that is a double oven cabinet. You have that one wall that you have a little arrow on your design. It says the wall is over here. That's a double oven cabinet, I take it? Yes. That's in between where the wall was put in and where the wall was. And do you have any idea what's in that wall or why you would want that wall? Well, right now, there is a double oven there and okay. a pantry. Mm -hmm. But the wall that comes out is part of the pantry. Is that what it is? The wall is actually on, e there are walls on either side of the garage entry door. Okay. There. Any reason why? Well, there had been a washer and dryer there next to the oh. garage door, but we're moving that upstairs so that we can create cabinet mm -hmm. space. To the, um, let's see, if I'm facing the garage door, it would be to the right of the garage door for, you know, additional storage and bigger sure. pantry that we don't use every day. The first thing I would say is if you're ripping out the pantry and, and everything else, I would just get rid of the wall, that wall completely. It's just clogging up your work area, right? So it, so they're removing half the wall. They can't take out the whole wall because of some plumbing uh, fixtures that are in the wall. And it's partly a retaining wall as well. So they can cut it back by half? I guess as long as they can get it in back of the face of the cabinets, it would be a good thing. It would look, yeah. a, it would look a lot better. Um, yeah. So it, it doesn't, not there where the designer drew it. It's actually located to the left of the garage. Yeah, I see where you drew the arrow. Yeah. So that's much mm -hmm. better. Assuming that's the case, the first thing, critiquing your design just generally a couple of things one is you never generally want your cooktop on an island mm -hmm. and if you do have your cooktop on an island there's all kinds of rules that you have to follow none of which you're following here you have to have plenty of countertop in back of the cooktop and on either side of the cooktop just so that people walking past don't set themselves on fire Right. Right. You should have some form of ventilation to so that you get rid of the smoke and the grease that right. comes when you're cooking, because otherwise your whole house is going to be coated with grease and smoke over time, depending on how often you cook. But, you know, if you cook at all, any kind of frequency, your whole house is going to get sticky. I go into people's houses, don't have hoods and everything that you touch in their house is sticky. You definitely okay. want to have some kind of ventilation. So, Can I tell you a couple things sure. about that? One is, first of all, the drawing is not correct. The island is much larger than that, mm -hmm. than it appears in the picture. 
um, that that we've uh, put together. I don't know why she drew it so small. Mm-hmm. And the oven goes to the right side of that island, and it's much smaller. I, the cooktop, I'm sorry, goes much uh, farther to the right of the island and takes up much less space. I know what you're saying, that there has to be nine inches between the cooktop and the person who's going to sit there, and there should be... Well, there really has to be 18 inches if a person's going to actually sit there. Okay. You can't have nine. It's got to be 18 inches of countertop, you know, and that's because a plate and the glass are that far. Someone reaching for the glass, you don't want them burning their hand. Yeah. But you have a lot of requirements, and just in general, doing a kitchen is all about trade-offs. There's mm-hmm. almost no good trade-off with the cooktop in the island. Okay. You're worried about the location of the refrigerator. What jumps out to me first is your cooktop. Mm-hmm. Possibly in your plan, have you bought your appliances yet? No. Um, and, you know, I sent you in the email. My mm-hmm. thought was, and I'm, you know, I'm mm-hmm. open to what you're saying, of course. I, you're right. the expert. But I was thinking about one of those um, venting um fixtures it's the futuro 23 inch halo island um ventilation fixture and it's kind of a big fan it's, and it is ductless but it does have a carbon filter but it looks beautiful it looks like a light fixture and it's mounted over the ceiling right so it, it's Correct. it's certainly nothing that works well right okay so especially if it's ductless too even the ones that are very powerful that go into the joists in the ceiling, I mean, they don't work very well because they're a long way away from the cooktop. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if you do have something that's ventless, you'll get rid of some of the grease and some of the, the smoke, but you definitely won't get rid of the smells. So if you're cooking fish mm-hmm. or whatever you're cooking, none of that stuff gets put outside. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, I look at your kitchen and it the first thing I think is, because customers aren't designers, they don't really mm-hmm. think about function and they don't think about style first. They just think about sort of the appliances that they want first. And it's just sort of human nature that when the design itself isn't something that you're critiquing, you just want the stuff that you want and you don't realize that you hurt yourself with the design. So the reason I say this is your kitchen would be so much more functional if, for example, you got rid of the double ovens and put a range on the wall where the double ovens are, you know, that's a very mm. normal functioning space where you have all this countertop on either side of the place that you're cooking. You'll have mm-hmm. one oven. If it's a range, you'll have one oven directly underneath your range. So if you're cooking Thanksgiving dinner or something like that, you're not taking a heavy turkey out of the oven that's a little bit higher up and trying to walk across the room and get it to the top of the cooktop before you run into somebody else or anything else. And and then you could certainly put another oven if you really wanted two ovens in a different location or in your island if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. It's really sort of important to have a lot of countertop on either side of your cooktop Because that's where you work. That's where you cut and the chop. Mm -hmm. And that's where you have your spices and everything set up. Even if your island is a lot bigger, you know, you got to leave approaching three feet of space on either side of it. So you could add three feet 
you're still not going to have that much countertop. And you would have also the problem of the cooktop not having a good ventilation system. Whereas once it goes on that wall, is that that's, a, that's the wall to your garage, that, that whole wall along there where the door is going? Yeah. So the easiest thing to do, I'm just trying to see how high your ceilings are. Yeah, your ceilings look like they're eight feet tall. Is that true? Yes, they are. So you wouldn't really do what they've done too in the picture is put a single molding on top of your cabinets to reach the ceiling. That doesn't give you mm -hmm. any play in your ceiling being even an, a quarter of an inch off a level. So usually when we go to the ceiling with cabinetry, we have a two-piece mm -hmm. crown molding. That's one flat piece and then a crown that rides up and down on the face of that piece. And that's how we adjust for people's ceilings being a little bit off a level. But it also gives us the advantage that if you put a range or even the cooktop on that length, the countertop where your double ovens are now, you'll mm -hmm. be able to go up into the area on top of your cabinets and then vent outside over the top of the cabinets to the back of the house. So okay. if you if you if it was uh you know if you had a wall cabinet over the stove, any kind of hood underneath your moldings, the air would just go up into the hood, would go up into the cavity mm -hmm. between the moldings and the ceiling, and then it would go out a duct in between the cabinets and the ceilings out the back of your house. You know, now we got your all the, the smoke and all the grease and everything else just quickly being sucked up by either a hood or a microwave hood or any kind of ventilation system that you want, and then it getting put up and then going out of the house. And you could really pick a nice hood and it won't be hanging down in front of your, over the top of your stove, over the top of your cooktop in the island. Your island mm -hmm. then could also have people sit at it and they wouldn't have to worry about getting burned or anything else. And you'd have a big wide open island that people could sit at without any of those problems. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And you could also, you know, put your microwave underneath the island, or if you wanted a second oven, you could make it a speed oven. So a speed oven would be an oven that's a convection oven and the microwave combined. And that way you get a second oven and you get your microwave underneath the countertop all in one. And mm -hmm. it's actually mm -hmm. another work area. So your whole island, mm -hmm. it's a second work area with the microwave and the oven in there. And then you're, you have a range, which if you got a normal size range, like a 30 inch range, all of a sudden your costs of your appliances are going to be a couple of thousand dollars less. So not mm -hmm. only does the design I'm sort of describing to you work a lot better and I think look mm -hmm. a lot better and function a lot better, it also costs less. Because, mm -hmm. you know, once you get a double oven cabinet, that's the most expensive cabinet in your kitchen. It's probably, you know, even in an inexpensive cabinet brand, it's you know, $1,200 or something like that. The contractor's got to cut the ovens out of the opening for the cabinets. It sort of gets complicated. You're buying double ovens and you're also buying a cooktop. Now, if you get a freestanding range, you could get a nice 30-inch slide-in range for $1,000. And your double ovens were going to cost you three or four, and then you were going to have mm -hmm. to buy a cooktop for 1500 and then you were going to have to maybe buy a, a microwave. I guess your microwave could go over your in your double oven cabinet, but if you wanted a second oven, you would have had to pay $2,500 for that, 
but now mm -hmm. we're sort of combining appliances. So you're always mm -hmm. going to save a couple of thousand dollars. Yeah, not to mention the ventilation fixture is about $4,000. Yeah, and then you got a ventilation fixture that doesn't really work very well. I mean, really, yeah. it's a ventilation fixture that's sort of been designed around sort of people wanting what they want and then mm -hmm. help you sort of get it. But it's not like we really think that it works well, right? Mm. <laughs> so so you, all of this, the really inexpensive fan and blower that you're going to get that's going to be on the wall, that's going to vent everything outside, that's going to capture everything because it's going to be much closer. It's going to be maybe 69 inches off of the countertop. It's going to be pretty low and it's going to capture all the grease and all the smoke. And it's going to be completely 100% effective and inexpensive. And then you've got this mm -hmm. really powerful thing that's going over the top of your island. And it makes your island, it sort of junks up your island too with this cooktop that could have been pristine, mm -hmm. clean, and then it doesn't work that well either. And it doesn't even vent mm -hmm. outside. Um, okay. That's a, a frog's leap in the right direction. You know, that all makes sense. When you add up everything that you've listed, it does seem like uh, a bad plan to keep the cooktop there in the island. Yeah. And then the other thing too, is like, even just think about how much we, one of the ways we sort of evaluate how well people's kitchens are designed is by how they use their countertop. And if, if we design their kitchen, so all of their countertop is getting used effectively, it's a really mm -hmm. good thing. It means that a really badly designed kitchen has the cooktop and the the, the sink right next to each other. And then there's just a little tiny cooktop where people are trying to cut and chop and get everything done. If we get your cooktop on that long countertop where the double ovens are now, you'll be working yeah. on both sides of the cooktop. You'll, there'll be a reason for people to be over there. I don't know what mm -hmm. the reason would be to be working over there. All of that countertop that's on the right side of the sink going all the way down mm -hmm. to the double ovens isn't close to the place that you want to be getting to, which is really the cooktop. So right. you'll probably be just spending almost all your time cutting and chopping and working on the island, which isn't going to have that much countertop to it when you got a cooktop in the middle of it. Whereas now when we move the cooktop and the ovens or the range, if you're getting a range to that wall where the ovens are, now you got all this countertop in between the, the sink and the cooktop for the range that you could be cutting and chopping on and using and cleaning and doing all kinds of stuff and then going right over to the cooktop because it's to the right of you. And then the, all the countertop, the whatever countertop, usually we'd leave you at least 18 inches that you have on the right side of the, the cooktop or the, or the range. That countertop has plenty of space so you can turn the handles of the pots out. It's not going to be knocked or hit by anybody's elbows that might be walking past your cooktop when it was in the island. So it just the whole thing just sort of functions a lot better. And mm -hmm. then yeah. and now I don't mind as much about your refrigerator too. <laughs> Although I'm looking and you got the, you only got 17 inches. Look, I, I guess the next question I should ask is where's your table going? Your the dining, dining table? Yeah. Um, the dining table is going to, the downstairs will be one large open space. Yeah. And so... The living room would be on the opposite wall from the kitchen. And then right in the center, I want to put an expandable oval dining table. So that's going to be like in back of the cooktop island, sort of. Yes. 
some distance. So you see where the garage door is, right? Mm -hmm. if, yeah. If we continue uh, going down that wall, it'll be kind of right in the middle there. Uh-huh. So if you look, the, I guess the better way to tell would be to look at the page three that I sent you, which is the architect. Yeah, I'm looking at that now. So it, it's, yeah. it's sort of so right you in between your living room other. and your kitchen is where the table is. Exactly. exactly. So the one other thing that I might mention is I see the wall that, that's there in the picture to the, from the architect's drawing. If that wall is staying in the architect's drawing, it's actually sort of a little bit to the left of where the double ovens are in this picture that the designer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the half so, wall. Yeah, because there's a bathroom there to the left of the garage entry. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the wall that where they're thinking about making half as big, right? It's actually right. not. Right. It's not right next to the door to the the garage. It's like a foot down from the door from the garage. So maybe they have you have coat hooks there or something like that now. Um, there's a a little cupboard in there now. Yeah, there's a little cupboard in there now. So this is another thing that I like better. But certainly, I think we've improved your design a whole lot. Mm -hmm. What you do, but another possibility mm -hmm. in your kitchen would be. What if we moved your garage door a foot? So the garage door was all the way up against that wall that has the cupboard or whatever on it, right? Mm -hmm. Is that a closet or what was it? Was it, you said washers and dryers that were to the left when you came in the garage before? Yeah, exactly. Yes. So it sounds like this plan that you have here is not actually the, the the one the architect's drawing that they made some changes because they have that being a shallow closet in the the drawing I'm looking in the architect's drawing I'm sort of looking at but if there was enough room you could move the garage door you know you have plenty of room for your for the the range along that whole long countertop so you could move your garage mm -hmm. door a little bit down and you could put a pantry next to the garage door and then your refrigerator so that all your refrigeration and everything else and your pantry and everything else was sort of all in the kitchen area if you wanted to or um, i don't object to where you have it now that's sort of okay. just on the oh, periphery of the kitchen oh good good to know i guess the other thing i'm looking at is the other little island that you've got in the other area Mm -hmm. So that's just like a bar area. That's what that can, that's going to mm -hmm. We're going to use it as a beverage center with a little prep sink uh, or mm -hmm. bar sink mm -hmm. and a coffee bar perhaps and a little um, wine cooler. Mm -hmm. So I'm just wondering why is the last cabinet on the left in the architect's drawing and in your drawing like so shallow? Like when you get to the end, like the oh, 12. Yeah, there's a 12. Yeah. So um, we were going to put open shelving there with maybe a, a coffee bar underneath. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking more open shelving just, yeah. just to have a lot of counters in there already. Well, island, so. if you have open shelving there, yeah. you, open mm -hmm. you can't have open shelving 
unless it sort of really goes all the way down to the floor, right? Because mm-hmm. you don't want to mm-hmm. ever create a space where, you know, the you're standing at the countertop, you drop something off the countertop, it goes underneath the shelves, you reach down, you pick it up, and then you stand up and you hit your head on the shelf right. off your head. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, it sounds funny, but it's yeah, actually it so much yeah. more dangerous than people would ever think. In the construction mm-hmm. business, the carpenters hang the wall cabinets first, usually, and then do the mm-hmm. base cabinets. And there's a whole lot of carpenters in this world or uh, that are not in this world anymore because they died or on the good side, just fractured their skull. I know one that was blinded personally, but oh. they stood up and they hit their head on the corner of it. He, I guess, ruptured his optic nerve or something, but he hit the, his head on the corner of the, the cabinet that was above his head. So it's same thing with shelving. If you're putting shelving in, you don't want to ever just have the shelving come all the way down so that people can't get their heads accidentally underneath anything. Right. And then, uh, yeah, I think all good. The one thing I would just say, too, is that the designer that did this made the overhang on your little second island by your coffee bar. She made the overhang. Mm-hmm. He made the overhang only nine inches deep. And mm. that really never makes any sense. People think that maybe they're saving a little space if they make the overhang nine inches. But all there are no stools that aren't the seat of the stool isn't at least 12 inches. So you might Mm -hmm. as well have the overhang to get your legs under since the stool itself will be sticking out past the nine inches. So you're not really Mm -hmm. saving any space. So it's just sort of something that people do when they're not thinking through the, you know, how countertops work that you always, you want your countertop overhangs to always be, you know, normally it's really easy to do them 12 inches and that's the most convenient for a person six feet tall and under and it, you don't need any brackets or braces or supports when you do an overhang that's uh, 12 inches. So it makes everybody's life easy. And the stools themselves are at least that deep that you put your butt on. So there's no point. <laughs> any If you made the countertop shallower, the stools are just jutting out and they look, they look funny and you're not getting the advantage of the countertop. So it should be 12 inches. So just make the overhangs 12 inches whenever you, whenever you're Mm -hmm. doing an overhang, make it 12 inches is sort of the rule. Okay. Do you think um, an an additional bar stool to the left of that island so that it's uh, the chair is facing the other way would be a nice idea? Well, I think even in your kitchen too, you have to choose. I think I've said it on the podcast a couple of times. Nobody likes sitting like ducks in a row. So Mm -hmm. when you have an overhang on two sides of an island, the first person sits down, the second person won't sit down next to them. They'll always sit down Mm -hmm. on the end so that they can be Mm -hmm. facing the other person. If you were to go to a a restaurant and and ask for a seat and they said you had to sit at the bar, everybody wants to sit at the corner of the bar so you can be having your dinner and be at least sort of facing the other person. So the corners of the bars fill up first and then the the straight areas of the bars fill up last. So uh, it's always good to overhang. If you want to have it be more communal and you want people to be able to talk to each other, then overhang overhang an island on two sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that would be nice. And I think there's plenty of room there to do it. Yeah, you have plenty of of room for that. And then... uh, Um, Another question I have... You put the dishwasher to the left of the kitchen sink. It should be on the right if we're right-handed, right? 
No, actually, it's different than you think. We get that all the time. People that are left-handed sort of think that their dishwasher should go on the other side that it is normally, um, Mm -hmm. or it is in their own kitchen. I shouldn't say normally. Really, what you want is you want your dishwasher on the side that it makes it easy to unload. So with your dishwasher that they have now on the left, when the dishwasher door is down, you can take the plates and the glasses and everything else. They're all going to be stored in all the wall cabinets that are going around to the right. So if Mm -hmm. you put your dishwasher on the right, then it would be coming down sort of in your way if you were at the sink or something to get at. So I, I think in this case, it's better on the left. Also, you know, the whole area you're working in where you're cutting and chopping and everything else, you can be working in going to your cooktop in our design, working there completely while somebody else is sitting at the sink and loading the dishes. So mm-hmm. it works way better for you with your dishwasher on your left in, in your design. Mm-hmm. But that's how we try to put the dishwasher. Doesn't matter if someone's right-handed, doesn't matter if someone's left-handed. We're trying to put the dishwasher in the place where it's not in the way and where it's easiest to unload and not have to get around it to get to the cabinets where the plates and the glasses and everything else are going. Okay, that makes sense. I hadn't thought of it that way. One of the other customers I have coming up, she's worked so hard and so long, I can tell on her design, and she has reasons for all the things that she did, you know, as as most people that work without a designer's help. But when you haven't faced everything, the reasons you come up with usually we just tell you one little bit of information and we've just ruined the whole <laughs> right. the whole right. thought process that got you to arrive at that thing. So like everybody right. thinks there is no customer I've ever met that doesn't think that there's a reason right-handed, left-handed why your dish, where your dishwasher goes. But as a kitchen designer, right. we should be putting it in a place that makes life the easiest. So And uh, sometimes people don't want to know because then it'll mess up their design. You know, it, it took me a little bit of, uh, you know, I had to sort of wrap my mind around it. I'm going to talk to Paul and he's going to critique lots of things and I'm going to have to make <laughs> some changes. Well, know, it's, I, it's still always your choice. That's why it's good working with a kitchen designer. We can't make people buy a kitchen they don't like. We just give them right. all the information. It's all trade-offs. So you have to decide yeah. what's the things right. that you, some things don't work as well. Some things work better. Some things look better. You know, all of these different things are just trade-offs that everybody has to decide on. But what you want to do is your job as the, the customer is to get all the information from us and us to give you valuable critiques. And then you just go off on your own and you pick the stuff that I want my cooktop in the middle of the island so that I can mm-hmm. cook. And I can face out into my living room and talk to people while I cook. And I'm okay with the fact that the room is going to get smoky and greasy and and it won't possibly work quite as well. That's your decision. We just give you that information. But for some people, it's going to be the, the, whatever the downside is, is going to be worth it. So we just got to give you that. Yeah, because you want to make a fully informed decision as much as possible. That's what you're trying to do. Uh, we just, give you the information and you make the informed decision. That's that's right. I just have one more question, sure. then, Paul. Um, there are a lot of cabinets there then in the corner on the right of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any, you see any red flags there? Has she made any, uh, you know, doors the wrong size? Or or do you have any advice about the, how best to use the corner well, cabinet? I can't see exactly 
I guess, you know, I can't see, they don't have, you didn't send me a corner going around the corner, but you know, what I can sell just from the size of the cabinets is that it looks like there's a whole bunch of 24 inch cabinets in the design. Mm -hmm. And okay. you know, almost those almost are never used. She's obviously not very experienced to come up with this. Usually, if you want drawers for pots and pans or Tupperware or anything else, the minimum size of the drawers that you want width-wise is 30 inches. So okay. ideally, maybe you want a Lazy Susan in the corner of that corner mm -hmm. between the sink and your stove. And then if I'm adding the numbers up correctly, you could have a 30-inch drawer base after the Lazy Susan so that you had pots and pans and everything else just to your left of your stove. And then to the right of your stove, whatever's left, it looks like to me, it might be, uh, you know, at least 18 inches or 24 inches. Then that's another cabinet, you know, and, and maybe ideally we're also trying to make the doors to the cabinets on either side of the stove all the same size. So mm. once we get the exact dimensions, we sort of put the, we try to get you the 30 inch pots and pans. If it can get a little bit bigger, that's good too. 33 inches, 36 inches. But we're also trying to balance that all the doors on each side of the stove are all the same size. So it sort of looks symmetrical. Mm. That's sort of the next step. I think that you can't really critique this right now because we've. if you do decide to change it and, and put the stove over on that wall then you're going to reshuffle the deck as far as what cabinets mm. are going there but here right. it's bad yeah. the way it is now because there's all these 24 inch cabinets and they're not wide enough for anything you know a 24 inch cabinet the inside of the drawer is 19 inches and if you actually measure 19 inches it's it's not really a great size if only if it was a mm. little bit smaller it would maybe be good for cutlery and everything else if it was a little bit wider, it would be great for pots and pans. If it was really big, it would be great for storage and everything else. But 24 is just sort of an in-between size that we're trying to actually avoid. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes good sense. Yeah, thank you for that. You know, I do have one more question sure. as I think of this. Um, one thing I'm wanting to do is I'm thinking of using craft-made cabinets. Uh -huh. And I'd like to mix the natural hickory with they have a high gloss white uh-huh um to have you know like kind of a shaker design for the hickory and a flat panel for the high gloss white and i know you you've talked a little bit about problems with flat panel and even maybe the high gloss so i just wanted to get your uh your thoughts on on that well i mean the one thing i'd say is I don't think you have any problems with the flat panel and craft made. It's a great cabinet line. They're going to do that. Oh, good, good. But I don't know style wise, if I like that combination of gloss and the hickory, because the hickory really? is very rustic. Hickory is a very mm. rustic kind of wood. You have to decide. So mm. it is something that, Interior designers and some kitchen designers, depends, they really like to break the mold and mix things that don't generally go together. There's been this kitchen design award winning kitchens that had seven kinds of metal in them. So they had wow. 
They had, you know, stainless steel appliances, tin, a tin ceiling, mm-hmm. and copper, a copper hood, mm-hmm. and brass mm-hmm. footrests, and black yeah. handles, and yeah. uh, brushed chrome faucets, and you know, seven different kinds of metals all in one kitchen. Yeah. And it was a two hundred thousand dollar kitchen, and it won an award. But it looked beautiful despite the fact that it had seven medals in it. The seven medals, <laughs> just, you know, 10 years later, someone's going to be like, what's going on here? So, right. you know, it's really your choice of the hickory and the gloss door styles and even the hickory and the shaker door, which is more traditional, and the gloss and the flat slab white, which is definitely more contemporary, is an in-your-face design mix that you know is mixing two styles that don't go together generally. Not so I'm not really, saying yeah. that it's bolder than you might realize you're being. Okay. I like contemporary. So would would a different wood take care of that? Or yeah. So how about something really plain and boring, but wood like maple? So maple mm, okay. is simple. It doesn't see hickory has stripes on it. You should look mm-hmm. up hickory kitchens and look. Hickory has them. There'll be pieces of hickory in your doors, your solid mm-hmm. wood doors from Craftmade that will have black. The color will be really dark brown and some will be really mm-hmm. light. And where the mm-hmm. pieces are put together, it's very stripy. It's, you know, each mm-hmm. piece of wood that the cabinets are being made of, it's totally a different color from the one next to it. So that's what makes it very rustic. You see it in log cabins. Mm-hmm. You see it in places like that. So if you got maple, which is the wood that is the hardest and also the, the least likely to be damaged, and if that's what you're going to use on the bottom is the wood and the top will be the, the white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the countertops, I was thinking um, white with blue veins on the white cabinets and uh, kind of a medium gray I was going to do with the wood cabinets. So the wood cabinets were going where? For the island? or? I was going to reverse things. That is, I was going to do the white gloss on the right island and the wood on the left. Mm-hmm. And then upper, um, I'm not upper and lower. I don't want to change those. But if okay. the island is white on the right, then the wood would be on the cabinetry. And on the left side, if the island is wood, then the white gloss would be in the cabinetry. I think all of that is fine. And if you did do the hickory, it works better in a bar area because mm, it's okay. rustic. Mm-hmm, it doesn't really mm-hmm. in a kitchen area, that's pretty rustic. But if you you know mm-hmm. you take a look at it, if you did the the shaker in the maple, it won't be as bold, but mm-hmm. it, it's just now nothing sort of clashes. So mm-hmm. it, it, mm-hmm. you're not you're, makes- not you're not breaking yeah. convention. You're breaking big, you know, you're breaking design convention, which a lot of interior designers and some kitchen designers like to do, but it may wear on you over time. Mm-hmm. You, may, okay. you may regret being that bold. That makes sense. I'm glad, I'm glad I asked you that question. We we had been thinking of hickory for the floors. We were going to do a kind of a medium gray hickory throughout the whole downstairs. Yeah, I mean, that's um, different though. Because that's your floor and that's what you're walking on. And that's not like okay. furniture. So it's okay. less of a decorative thing. So I think the hickory is fine. Actually, in our bedroom, we have cypress 
which looks a lot like hickory. And it's really nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, oak has a lot of grain to it. That's the normal kind of flooring that you might have normally if you didn't splurge a little bit. It, it will go with anything on the floor. It's okay. only in the cabinetry, yeah. which are sort of like cabinets really sort of are creeping into the world of furniture. And in furniture, hickory furniture is very rustic as oak furniture would be too. Oak furniture would be sort of rustic, but on your floors, it's on everybody's floors. Great. Okay. That sounds great. Um, I can't tell you how grateful I am that you've given me your time because. Oh, no problem. uh, Thank you so much for being on the call and, and uh, you know, best of luck if you rearrange things and you want to call back, feel free. Uh, It's always good hearing uh, what, you know, how things go, you know, at the end of the kitchen, when you're, after you're enjoying it or whatever, it's we hardly ever hear from anybody after the project is done. So feel oh, free to pull back. Paul. It's always nice that I to will. I'll that. send you. I'll send you pictures when it's all done. No, that would be lovely. Okay. Uh, all right, Debbie. Thank good you. talking to you. Thank you so much, Paul. All right. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Mainline Kitchen Design Podcast with nationally acclaimed kitchen designer Paul McElary. This podcast was brought to you by Brighton Cabinetry. High-quality, custom cabinetry at competitive prices. For more on kitchen cabinets and kitchen design, go to www.mainlinekitchendesign.com.